I'm Mesha. Hi, I'm Tony. And we yeah. are Hitting the Road <laughs> in Mississippi. I am Mesha, and I am with Miss Hit the Road herself, Peggy Brown. I'm Peggy Brown, and I'm here with my partner in crime. Mesa. <laughs> I love how you say that. I like I, it. Yeah. Um, you're, you're hit the road and I'm partner in crime. Partner I, in crime. I, I don't know, folks. We, we may need to discuss this. <laughs> but, um, this is episode five of our new podcast series that we're doing. And we're doing these first few podcasts, just kind of letting you all know what it's all about and who we are and why we're doing it. And then we are literally going to be hitting the road and talking to all the people we're going talking about in these next uh, that we've been talking about. And where we're at right now is we're at the three shades of blues, which is how uh, Peggy discusses uh, the sort of three generations of blues that she's worked with. I'm telling you all, it is such an honor to be, to get to hang with this woman. It is such an honor. You don't ever know what's going to happen. You don't know if it's going to be blues royalty, you know, uh, that you're with, like, um, Miss Misty Blue herself, um, Dorothy Moore, or you don't know if um, it's going to be someone who is so cutting edge that they may have some some rap that they're trying to mix into it. Right. Um, you don't know how young the artist is going to be, how um, senior they're going to be, and and just how grand and noble. You you don't you don't know you just don't know what you're getting into whenever you are with Peggy Brown. You, uh, she has hit the road with so many people and helped so many people hit the road. So that's what these um, next two episodes are. There's two parts, and it's the three shades of blues. And uh, we're going to be bringing these artists to you to have discussions, or we're hoping to, and introduce their music to you if you're not familiar. But um, right now, we're just going to kind of share um, some stories that Miss Peggy has about them. So, Peggy, tell us about the three shades of blues. Well, thanks, Mesha. And I, I mean, some people might think it could be three generations of blues, but three shades of blues, I think, more describes it because the, the music is a little bit different in each shade. Yes. Um, but I got my start after I started my company. It was not too long after that that King Edward came to me, King Edward Antoine. And um, notable blues musician in this part of Mississippi, and uh, he had moved here from Chicago, and he's mentioned on three blues trail markers on the state of Mississippi blues trail. Three markers. Three. Wow. Mm -hmm. So he he's he's well known. Well, he he came to me at some point and said, um, and he always calls me Miss Peggy, Miss Peggy. I need for you to get me some gigs, and I said. Okay, well, we can talk about that. Well, no, I just, I need you to start working with me. I need you to get me some gigs. And um, so I said, well, okay, you know, I, I think I might could do that. And after watching him play, um, I was enamored with how he played the guitar. And then that pretty much overtook him being grouchy. Miss <laughs> Peggy. And, um... Uh, and, you know, a lot of people say he's grouchy, and he probably will admit to that, too. I did have to teach him the magic word after I started working with him for a while, and he, and he would just, you know, shout out orders to me. Miss Peggy, do this. Give me some water. And I said, hands on my hips. What is the magic word? <laughs> and he would look at me like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. He thought I was crazy. I said, 
what is the magic word with my hands on my hips? And he goes, well, I don't know. And I said, it's please. There it's you please. Go. Whenever you want me to do something, you say please. I love it. Oh, my word. The other guys would just laugh. But he got to where he would go, uh, Miss Peggy, give me some water. Please, thank you. I love you. Please get me some water. And so it became quite the joke. But um, I worked with him for a while trying to get him some gigs, and then he wanted me to be his manager. And so that took some thought as well. But what I did realize was that he was un he was he was unrepresented, of course, but he just was under the radar a lot. He, a lot of people out of the state didn't maybe know him as much as they could. And so I decided there were some things that I could do for him to maybe just help his name get out and um, got him a website and, you know, established him a Facebook page and started promoting him a lot. And um, I think it really did help. And that made me so happy because then he started getting a few more gigs coming in, and I got him on the Arts Commission artist roster, and that helped him get his name out and get some gigs as well. And then he got recognized by the Grammy Celebration in Mississippi and um, got recognized. So all that being said, it, um, it helped. It helped him, and that's what I wanted to do. Well, and the CD. And the CD, yes. And a guy got in touch with me about doing a CD on an artist. And he really was looking for a younger artist. He wanted to record Jerika Singleton. And that's the second part of this discussion. And um, Jerika's already had a recording contract going. And so I told him about King Edward. And he decided he wanted to produce a CD on King Edward um, and 50 Years of Blues and paid for the whole thing. We didn't have to pay for anything. So that was a highlight of my being with King Edward, which I still am. I still am his manager. And and became songwriter. Yeah. Yes, you became songwriter. Yeah, we we wrote a song together. (laughs) Uh, Bring Your Pretty Self Home. It Uh, wasn't called the What's the Magic Word Blues. No, it was not. (laughs) I don't think he would like that one very much. Jerkis Singleton came along at at some point after I was managing King Edward, and Jerkis was the young guy in his 20s, and the one that I mentioned before that had had come out of the church, you know, doing gospel music, and wanted to start a blues career, and I had been following him and his band around, because they were doing a different kind of music. They were doing more like rock blues, but it just had this interesting kick to it that, um, and a lot of people were following them, and I just like the music, so I followed them everywhere they went. And um, Jerikas came to me and said, um, Peggy, I would like for you to manage me. And I went, oh, whoa, uh, I couldn't possibly do that. I said, I have my hands full with King Edward. I can't, I can't manage you too. And he said, I really want, I really want you to think about it um, because I want you to promote me like you've been promoting King Edward. This is the only story you tell that that you didn't stop and say, well, well, could I do that? Yeah, I could do that. This is the only one you don't stop and say that in. Well, no, I didn't. <laughs> I said, oh, my word, I don't think that I can do this. I said, but but you, I'm not turning you down because you're not good. I did say that to him. So I'm not turning you down because you're not good. Right? Um, you have immense talent. And I just don't know that I would have the time to, to help you get to where you need to be. And he said, 
I want you to think about it. I said, oh, man. I, I remember saying that. Oh, man. Okay, well, give me two days. Two days. Two days, and, um, and, and I'll come back to you with an answer. So, I, I mean, on my knees praying for two days, like, should I do this? Should I do it? Should I do it? He called me up the very next day. Well, what have you decided? I said, no. This is only one day. You were supposed to give me two days. Not in, not in a young man blues world. That was two days. No, that was two days. <laughs> I mean, impatient. No, we got to get this going. And so, oh, my word, with fear and trepidation, I agreed to be his manager. And I said, but we're going to try this on a short basis. We're going to do this for five months. And if you look and say, I don't think Peggy has done enough for me. I don't want to do this. Okay, and if I go, I just can't do this anymore after five months, we will part ways, be company, kiss, make up, you know, no, no, not be mad at each other. And we're going to put it on a contract. Are you okay with that? Yeah. So we did it. Uh, oh, we won't hate each other, We Claus. won't hate each other contract. Okay, I... I've needed contracts like that for a lot of things. So that was that was brilliance on your part. Well, it was like, oh, this is the only thing I can do because I might want out of this. I really <laughs> might want out of this. So after five months, evidently on his part, he thought I had accomplished some real opportunities for him. And um and I I just I couldn't I couldn't let him go. I I, I loved him, loved him, loved him. Yeah. And I could see that we were achieving um, a, some success in getting him promoted. And I, I got him to compete in the International Blues Challenge, the competition in Jackson. And then he and the band got chosen by judges to send to Memphis to the International Blues Challenge. And they rocked it. The they first night we were there, there was a jam on Beale Street. And um, I went up to the guy that I knew a, a little bit. And I said, hey... I've got this guy from Jackson that I'm with, and he's competing from Jackson, and he'd love to play in the jam tonight. And he asked me his name, and I told him, he goes, I've heard that name. And I said, oh, okay, well, you know, can he play? And he goes, well, yeah, uh, if you guys will wait around, I think we'll put him in the rotation. So they got him up. Jaw-dropping guitar skills and performance. People were going, Oh my gosh, who is this coming over to me? And, you know, what's his name? Jerichus. How do you say that? Jerichus. I had to spell it because that's a real unusual name. Yes. So that was part of the attraction to him was, was his name. It, right. And, but his guitar skills were really? awesome. And from that competition in Memphis, um, I got Bruce Iglauer from Alligator Records to come listen to Jerichus. Mm -hmm. And they had been emailing each other about Jerichus's music, and Bruce came to hear him, and he was stuck. And so, there you go. A few months later, Jerichus got a contract with Alligator Records. So that was my young guy. Well, uh, now there's a very interesting story here about you and the young guy and his record deal, and a sofa. <laughs> a sofa. And. It, it plays into why he stands out as far as his lyrics are concerned. Yes. And it's also a fun story. It, so, it's um, a fun story. It, it's not you songwriting in the same way you did with King Edward, but you are writing. Well, I was just dictating. Okay. So. I was taking the lyrics down. <laughs> and now, Drinkus' music came out of rap lyrics. He had a big notebook of rap lyrics because right. he aspired to be a rap artist, but he was a basketball player and had this horrible injury 
um, from his foot that he could not he could not recoup from to play basketball. So he turned that intense intensity about being good and perfection and performance into his music, and then he decided he wanted to play blues, and so that's how all that happened. So he had these lyrics that were basically rap lyrics, and um, Bruce, of course, wanted to have the lyrics, and so Jerikas called me up and said, uh, Peg, um, that's what he called me, Peg, Bruce wants to have my lyrics to the songs. I said, okay, great. And he goes, well, um, I need some help in getting them to him. And that's what managers do. And, that, that was in the contract, right? I, right, that was not in there. <laughs> and I said, okay, what do you mean by that? Well, I need to just say them to you and have you write them down and send them to Bruce. <laughs> and I thought, now, you know, why should I do this? And he said, well, I said, um, okay, I guess I can do that. And he he. He said, well, you know, that's what managers do. <laughs> you, so, you've been really clever with that contract on right. that. We won't hate each other. We won't part, hate but, each other. But um, that I will let you dictate all your lyrics to oh, me, and I will be your secretary. Lyrics. Yeah. So he came over <laughs> to my apartment, and I had a really long sofa at that point, which was good for him because he's tall. And he stretched out on the sofa, leaning against the sofa arm with his hands behind his head, telling me the lyrics. Okay. And so um, I would write them down, and then I'd read it back and say, is that how it goes? Yes. And uh, some of me kind of sang to me, but most of them he just said, you know, it was kind of... Actually, it was kind of a lyrical way. You know, he was kind mm-hmm. of kind of sing-songing them. Right. So I wrote them down and accomplished the mission. And typed them up. I typed them up them and, and emailed them to Bruce. Task done. So that's one of my fond memories of him stretched out on my sofa, dictating his song lyrics to me. So when the when the album came out, I knew the lyrics. I think you should have been credited somewhere on the album. <laughs> so right. we have much more um, about the Three Shades of Blues to cover, so we're going to have another whole episode on it. So you all stick around with us as we continue talking about Hitting the, the Road in, in Mississippi. Mississippi. Thank you for joining us. And you can reach out to us at this email address, HTRPRB at gmail.com. We'd love to hear any ideas you might have about what we're doing or any suggestions about where we might go or someone we might interview. As we are hitting the road in Mississippi. Mississippi.